Hello and welcome to the Adjusting to Life podcast where inspiration comes to life. I'm your host, Santa Lerona Gore, and today's guest is Mr. Gregory Gilbert, a cancer survivor from Atlanta, Georgia. Mr. Gilbert, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I'm so glad to have you join me today. I heard you had a, uh, quite a testimony, um, but I'm not going to do all the talking. I'm going to pause for a moment, and if you could just share a little bit about your life before you got your cancer diagnosis. Oh, yes. My life was normal life. I worked for Bill South, a uh, regular person, get up every day, going to work. Uh, no problems. Uh, and then I, decide, uh, I decided that I wanted to go to the doctor one day <laughs> because I had some problems with the, uh, had some problems with my appendix. Uh, and, uh, my stomach kept hurting, kept hurting. So I had some problems. So it, it was the funniest part that the, uh, the cause of my appendix, it saved my life. Mm -hmm. uh, my, mm -hmm. uh, my appendix ruptured. So I went and got checked. And when they checked, they found out I had pancreatic cancer. So you had no idea. You went in for, I, you got treated for, um, ruptured appendix and that's when you found out you had cancer correct and how long ago was that this was uh two years ago oh okay okay this was two years ago i uh i um well it was uh december what's this uh it's 23 december of 20 right before COVID. <laughs> Right in the middle of it, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, so December of 20, when I found out I had cancer. Mm -hmm. And I thought my life came to an end. Right. For right. about a full day. I understand. I understand. <laughs> and after that day, I said, there's no way I'm going to let anything beat me like this. Because it, it, it doesn't have the right to beat me like this. No. So I was going to fight. So. I fought. Right. And I thank God I'm still here. I like that. So how long was the treatment? Well, after the cancer, you know, uh, after the cancer, the treatment went for about three months. I was in the hospital for three months. I actually coded in the hospital because I was bleeding out. Um, uh, I was in the hospital uh, uh, for about uh, they told and they told me I had cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, I I was fine. I did the surgery for the appendix, and after that, that next month they decided to do the cancer, the cancer surgery, and it was in the beginning of COVID, Ooh. right at the beginning, and okay. uh, no no one knew anything about COVID, so uh, it was really a testimony between me and God, I believe, because oh, God needed to, God needed to show me that I needed to depend on nobody but him. Right. Because nobody was allowed in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I actually had to deal with all of this by myself. I was in the hospital. Um I went through the surgery. Everything went fine. Two weeks after that I coded in the hospital. So mm -hmm. I stayed in the hospital about another three weeks. I tried to come home for a week. Total, I stayed in the hospital for three months. Wow. And, and uh, but my God was good. He was there the whole time. And yeah. he made sure 
that I knew that he was there. And only mm-hmm. somebody I knew that was him. Mm-hmm. Because he and I spoke every day. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah, it is then uh and I just at that present time I said, you know, uh after I fought pancreatic cancer, I just knew everything was gonna be outstanding and well and I was gonna continue on with my life with no problem. And then I get another monkey wrench thrown into the uh to the rent into the bucket. And that said they told me I have prostate cancer and bone cancer now. And you know they don't go on they you know they don't go on the um uh how um each one because each one was stage two they told me stage mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. all together and I'm like okay well if God brought me through stage two of pancreatic cancer don't yes. you think He can bring me through this a, I think He's able right <laughs> yeah, so when did you, you when did you get that diagnosis was that I got you, that diagnosis and uh right uh September right after my birthday uh October of last year okay yeah and we've been working on it since then how about that yeah and God now got to do that COVID and it's like you get to a certain point where you just trust God that, that's all oh, you can God. trust trust you God Yes, God got you. I believe, believe yeah. me, He got you. Absolutely. <laughs> I, Absolutely. I look at Job as my favorite person in the Bible now. You know, because mm-hmm. me and Job friends now. You can because relate. I see what Job went through. <laughs> you feel like you can relate, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I thank oh. God for. Go ahead. I I thank God for Job. <laughs> I yeah. really do. Yeah. So would you say that was your um, your scripture that you kind of held on to? So I think everybody, I know for me, I had the scripture, I had like two or three that kind of kept me anchored. Um, so was it the story of Job for you? Well, the story of Job kept me anchored. anchored mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I actually had uh, two pastors, <laughs> two of my pastors that I spoke to on almost a daily mm-hmm. basis mm-hmm. that uh, kept telling me, said, uh, why are you calling us? You don't have to call us. Mm-hmm. You got the you got the best you got the best person there with you. And I uh, I actually was able to I, I being honest I start ministering to the uh, to the nurses and the doctors that's coming in there. I was telling everybody around, hey, listen, God is good, you know, because they didn't believe. My doctor, my doctor to this day does not believe me. He does not believe I'm still up and moving around. Yeah, but you don't like, you don't sound like you're sick. You're, no, no. You know, I just, um, I, I just had a cousin tell me I had gained 20 pounds, and people who are sick don't gain weight. They normally lose it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That is true. So I was going to ask you about your support team. And you said you're, you had a couple of pastors that you, you spoke to. How important yeah, is it you think to have a support group when you're going through something like that? Yeah, I think it's very important to have a support group uh, due to the fact that a support group uh, is a physical person right there mm-hmm. to talk to. 
We all get weak. You know, no, there's no if and a but. We all get, we all get weak. But a physical person every now and then to be able to tell you that it's it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And it is. I promise right. you it is. Right. Uh, a physical person to tell you that sometimes it, it helps. Right. You know, although you know it, it just helps. And it helps to have somebody to also believe it. So, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you've actually had any dealings with the God that I know, you believe it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so what do you do to get through those times when no one is around and you're only left with your thoughts? How do you, how do you encourage yourself to stay so optimistic? Oh, you know, I'll be honest. I still run into those days where, you know, it hits me every time and, mm-hmm. you know, some tears want to fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the only thing I think about now is my grandkids and all, and I'm like, oh, you know, I want to be here for them, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then something, and it always happens, something pops me upside my head and says, you are here for them, and you have to be here for them now because mm-hmm. no man is promised tomorrow. Correct. So stop worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow and live for today. So yes. that gets me up and gets me going. Uh, that's 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 it because I think because you've gone through because you've been diagnosed with cancer twice. Uh, three times. Three times. Three times. Three times. Yeah. Colon cancer, uh, not uh, not colon, uh, pancreatic cancer, bone cancer, and prostate okay, cancer. Okay, okay, I missed the bone cancer. All right. So um, so when those thoughts come. So I think once you get through, you got through one, and then you get diagnosed with another. And I know um, not everybody, once they get through the treatment, everything is, they can go on as life as usual sometimes. Again, you may get diagnosed with another type of cancer. Um, but I think um, being optimistic and how do you, knowing, learning how to um, stay positive, stay encouraged is so important because not everybody is as optimistic as I'll say, you are, what would you say to someone like that? I know some people who have gone, they're going through, um, they have, they're still having complications after, after their treatment. Um, how would you, what would you say to encourage them? I would encourage you by just, by saying easy, it's easier said than just, you know, God got you. He brought you this far. Mm-hmm. And if he brought you this far, he didn't he didn't bring you here to just say, Okay, bye, I'll see you later. He didn't he's right. not gonna leave right. you. Right. So I I promise you, he has you. You just have to believe that he has you and trust and have faith in him and he'll show you. Amen. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So what's most important to you these days? So you're thinking back, think back to prior to your diagnosis to your life now has, what what's important to you? Has that changed over the years or since then? Well, yes. Yes, because now I live different. I live my life in a different manner. I live, I live my life uh, to my life. I, I, I enjoy my life now. Mm-hmm. I 
God put me on this earth for a reason. Then you have to find out what's the reason. Um, a lot of things people don't even realize that is that, you know, you have to pay a lot of things forward. And mm. God put uh, put us all here to pay stuff forward. You You need to take care of people that you know need to be taken care of. It's simple. It really is. Mm-hmm. And you see how God will bless you in return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you don't look for you don't look for anything in return though. You you just you, you, you just gotta know. I'm sorry, if you if people can't understand this, I'm sorry. You just you, you gotta know it. And when you know God, you you know. And I know He got me. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say your faith is stronger now or prior to the diagnosis? 20 times stronger. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah because he told me, he, was, he actually told me, uh, I sit up in that hospital bed, and uh, he told me, he said, I got you. And now, there was nobody else in that room but me and him. Mm-hmm. So when he told me, he got me. I believed him. Right. And now look at me. He got me. So why can't, why wouldn't I trust him? Right. I think that you have to, you have to believe. No one else can believe for you when you're in that situation. You know, like you said, you heard God speaking to you, you believe it was God speaking to you. And you had, and you believed that voice. And because of that, you are where you are. You know, and it's, and I think that um, people need to go. Once you're in that situation, you can't go anywhere. You can't work. You can't. Your life is altered. It's changed. Then it it changes you. You have nowhere else to go but inward. And most mm-hmm. cases, it's going to take you straight to God. And I, I like asking people, you know, how has your life changed since then? And they'll say, a lot of times their their spiritual walk is a little bit different than than before. It's so not totally different. Mhm. Mhm. So you are happiest when what happens? When I wake up and see God has <laughs> woke me up that next morning. Yes, I like it. Absolutely. So where are you in your treatment at this point? Well, in my treatment now, of course, the pancreatic cancer is is done. Um, I don't have pancreatic cancer anymore. Thank Praise you. God. Praise God. Praise uh, God. The prostate, yes, prostate, uh, prostate cancer is gone as well. Thank you, Jesus. Uh-huh. Now we're working on the uh, bone cancer, and we'll see how that works out and what God has in store for that one. Because I know whatever He has in store for me, it's a good one. Yes, and He's He'll get give you the strength to get through, and you definitely an inspiration to others. Um, what I like about you is your optimism. And you just have this, you seem to have this joy, you know, and I, I think that's just so important to share that. You know, even though you have all this going on, you you have a, there's a, some things going on in your body, but you don't let that stop you from living life. True. That is true. I re- I refuse to let anything stop me. I, I mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not dead. So why stop? 
If you're not dead, don't die. Right. Live. Now, for someone who's struggling with not being able to get around and do the things they used to do, and you say, live, how do you, what would you say to that person? Because they feel like, oh, I can't, you know, go golfing. I can't go driving around. I can't go see friends or, or go to the grocery store. What do you say to that person? Because they're feeling angry because they can't do the things they used to do. I would tell that person, I would say, we were talking about my cancer, but 11 years ago, I re- I got put into a wheelchair. So mm. uh, I'm in a wheelchair. I, okay. I can't uh, walk. I can move my legs. Okay. I'm not paralyzed, but I can't put pressure on my legs. So I would tell that person, you can't tell me anything you can't do because you didn't try it. Because mm-hmm. I will honestly sit here and tell you right now, the only thing that I have not succeeded at as of this point as being in a wheelchair for 11 years is climbing a ladder. That's the wow. only thing I have not succeeded at. Mr. Gilbert, we have to talk about that part, the wheelchair. Okay. You want to you want to talk about that? Yes. Yeah. Well, what happened on that? That was simple. I had a what they called a lipoma on my back. Okay. And it grew mm-hmm. overnight. It grew overnight. Mm-hmm. I was in the hospital when it grew. And uh, it grew overnight. Then the doctor didn't understand how something that big could grow overnight. They said it normally takes about five years for something that big to grow on a person's body. Well, they cut it off because it w- it was it would hurt when I laid back. Mm-hmm. So they decided to cut it. Well, they put me, I went to the hospital one morning. They put me to sleep. They cut it off. When I woke up that next, when I woke up that day, I couldn't stand. I couldn't put pressure on my legs. I, you know, between doctors, they don't tell, they don't tell it, but you know, I've heard it. I actually went to the Mayo Clinic and got checked out because they couldn't find out what was wrong. And they, the Mayo Clinic actually said they believe somebody went too far and he hit a nerve. Hmm. So Mm -hmm. he has messed up one, uh, he messed up my nerve in my back, which allowed me to not be able to put pressure on my legs. Mm -hmm. And you know, but you can't prove it. So, cause I have a pacemaker as well. So I couldn't get an MRI, so you couldn't right. prove it. Right. So everything wow. was totally, you know, it was so funny, but it's, I'm not going to let it stop me. What What for? It's, it's a wheelchair. Instead of having two legs now, I have six. I love that. I love that. So that happened in, how long ago was that? That happened 11 years ago. This would be 12. Okay. Mhm. And uh, but I've had a pacemaker for over twenty. So, mm-hmm. You know that's why I told you, Job. I, I mean, Job. Oh, I mean, well. Well, you know, it was funny. I mean, back in high school, back in the years, believe it or not, I was the fastest man in my high school, the fastest. Mhm. And that was one of the things I wanted to do: go to college and uh, run track. And I couldn't go to college because I had heart trouble. Wow. 
Yeah. So my mom wouldn't sign the paperwork. So I got funny and I got smart with my mom and thought I was going to go to the, I uh, say I go to the military mm-hmm. and the military kept on. They checked me out and checked me out and I got to the end and I said, Oh, I forgot to tell you all. I can't join. They said, why? I said, because I have heart trouble. They said, oh, we forgot to tell you, we have doctors. You're too late. You said you've done the oath. So <laughs> I said, okay. So. I stayed in, and I think that was the best decision I ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, that has, that's, wow, I, I, I wasn't aware. I knew about the cancer. <laughs> if you to go, we're here for 11 years. It's like that was a precursor for what you were going to go through. But through it all, you still have joy. And I think that's what resonates the most. And I, I'm I'm just thankful that um, you know you're able to, to share your testimony because this hearing your testimony inspires me, and I know it's going to inspire my listeners as well. Yes, I, I that's excellent to me. I uh, I, I just I just thank God because you know He didn't have to leave me here. He He really right. didn't. Right. He could have taken me anytime he wanted to, but he let me stay here just another day. And I, and I, I thank him every day, every day. And I'm just happy to be here. And well, everyone I, else should have, be. I think you have, I, I think because of your optimism, because of your faith, I think it encourages others that's going through the same thing. And I'm glad that, you know, you were willing to share your testimony because one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast it's for that reason, so that people who are going through and they're having a tough time, they can listen to a to uh, a person who's gone through things similar to them uh, and realize, oh my God, if he can go through, if he can get through, I can get through. But we serve the same God, you know. Same, same God. Same God. And he do it for me, and I'm just a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nobody. And look what he'll do for you, you know. So you have to. Mm-hmm. I, I I know him, and people. Uh, uh, if 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 what I can say, my testimony can help anyone. I have no problems. I'll tell. I'll stand on on Mount Everest <laughs> if I have to. I'll tell the world my God is good. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So do you think that people, um, as far as, say your outlook on life, do you, how has that changed? Let me ask it that way. How has your outlook on life changed? I've always, been, I've always been this type of a person, though. My outlook on life has just been great. I just look for, I just live. I, I live my life. I don't worry about people or things i just live my life because that's it that enjoy your life that you don't have a one and when you leave you're gone and you don't want to sit around and waste what you have by just being unhappy absolutely enjoy what you have enjoy it now because so many people (laughs) they get stuck in the past and they worry about things in the past which they cannot change because there's only once that once that time has passed, and you can't get it back. 
All you have is a you thought. Can. And if oh, you just, you you. just think about the same thing over and over and over again, you can't move forward. And you can't live in the moment. Okay. You can't live in today. And don't even think about the future. But I don't think you? that when you get a diagnosis or you go through a life-altering situation like that, it forces you in a way to live in the moment because it's like you have a um, that new sense of reality kind of hits you that all you have is this moment, you know, um, and it's not a bad thing. It's actually actually good. It it is it is, and that's all. But that is all you have is this moment. All you, you have is he hadn't promised you anything else but what you Correct. have right now. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And we sit we complain and we and we can moan and like I said, huh? You'll have that day. You you'll get those days. Right. But you know, but if you know my God, he he'll bring you back around. He'll knock you upside your head. He'll let you know. Come well, on. And he uh -uh. always tend to send someone your way. Either someone Someone would say something, they would do something to remind you. He'll like send a reminder that, hey, I'm still with you. I'm I'm still in control. Regardless of what you may how you may feel, he'll always send someone or something will happen to remind you that he's in control of your life and you're not by yourself. You're not alone. I totally agree. I, I have to explain. Let me tell you something else that's going on okay. with me in my life. Uh, right after the pancreatic surgery, you know, I have a daughter who, I have a son, but he lives outside. Uh, um, but I have a daughter who lives with me and her husband, they, they had just gotten married, but my daughter was here to help me throughout my surgery after we finished. Mm -hmm. So our house really wasn't big enough. I only had 1200 square foot, but my house, my home was paid for. Okay. I actually decided to refine my house and add on so my wife and her, my, not my wife, my daughter and her kids can move into, you know, have a place to live. Mm -hmm. We did all of this. Believe it or not, the contractor who I got got me for $130,000 and did not add, do my add-on. Mm. But I at first, I'm telling you, this is how you have your bad part. I was so mad if I if I saw him, I, I thought I would hurt something. But he came back to me and said, I told you, I got you. Mm -hmm. Why are you worried about him? And I'm still not worried about it. Now, I got a big old hole in my backyard where he's dug out stuff. But I'm not worried about it because I got a God that's going to take care of it. I have no idea. I don't have another $130, but I do know that my God is going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. You know, $130,000 is a lot of money. And for, for a person to do that, I just feel so sorry for him about it because, see, in my scripture, God tells people not to mess with my anointing. True. Now, I'm not saying I'm all that, as I said, but I know I'm his anointing. I'm, I'm anointing to my father. So I do feel so sorry for that man, and I pray for him. Yeah. Because he has he has a, a life altering problem coming his way, and he should he should realize that you you don't you don't go hurting people 
You don't hurt people. I will never hurt a person. If I, if I can't help you, oh, my God. That's that's about me. I, I'm going to help you any way I possibly can. And, and I still wake up with a smile on my face because I have a God. So... <laughs> Well, we pray to think God will turn things around in that regard. He's definitely oh, asking. I know you will. Yes. Yeah, oh, I know you will. So any last words? Oh, no. You know, I actually thank God for you because, you know, you just uh, speaking with you is very good just to try to help people. Because like you say, there are a lot of people on that floor that I was on. There was a lot of people oh. who were sad. They were sad. And I, I was talking to them as much as I could. Yes. I, I, I agree. And I remember going into to treatment to get my treatment and seeing the, the looks on the faces of the patients. And you can just, you can just feel it. Um, like the, the hopelessness, the, the pain, it was just, to me, it was a bit horrific. And I, was, I promised God, I said, God, if you get me through on the other side of this, I promise you I'll share my testimony and, you know, and I want to do what I can to help those who are going through to let them know that they're not alone. And sometimes they just need to be encouraged just to hear that, just to hear testimonies of people who have gone through and, you know, they've gone through triumphantly. Not saying you don't have bad days or days where you think about, oh, okay, what's going to happen next or I'm going to get cancer again because those thoughts pop in your mind and then it just may happen or something else may happen. But you have to constantly be remind yourself and um, build your faith. And I think one of the easiest ways to do that is by listening to the testimonies of others. And that was the main reason I decided to start this podcast. And I'm hoping that, well, I know that when people hear your testimony, they'll be, be encouraged as a result. I hope so, because that's it. That's all that's all it's about. I I just want to encourage anyone I possibly can because there's a God out there who's willing to help anybody. Just let him help you. Right. And you know also um I think when you when you've actually gone through uh treatment or you've been diagnosed with cancer, it's different when you actually go through it yourself versus um Someone who hasn't. I've been a um, caregiver for cancer patients, and I've also now I've seen on the other side where I'm actually I've been a, a cancer patient, which I'm still in disbelief that it happened. But God bless <laughs> through my treatment, and I felt like I was on an extended vacation because God just kept showing up and blessing left and right. Um, but I, sh- you know, I shared that in my testimony. Um, but. I, I just know that, you know, now I see people that, that, you know, when they go through these types of things, I see I see through the, their lens, a different lens, should I say. Um, I'm also a healthcare provider. So when I see patients, I've always been pretty empathetic, but with cancer patients it's, it's, or someone who's chronically ill, that's a whole nother level. Um, but I think to have gone through that is just, allows me to see and view people and their conditions in a in a different light, definitely more um, empathetic and compassionate towards them. Not saying that I wasn't before, but it, it just hits a little different when you go through it yourself. 
Um, and you True. see, um, like you like you said, you go into uh, the treatment room, and you see all the cancer patients just sitting there, um, and you wonder what are they thinking about. You don't have to wonder. They have this look on your face, and you know what they're thinking about. But like you said, day one, I was like you. I may have thought about, you know, oh, my God, what's going to happen, you know, once I got that initial diagnosis. But I gave you that one good day, and then I said, I, I can't go down that rabbit hole. I have to, I got to stay optimistic. I got to stay um, faithful because I can't continue down that road. Um, but there's a lot of people may not be as strong in that regard. And you can tell by the looks on their faces, um, their temperament, and like you, being able to just lift them up because you and I, your faith is built up. So, and I think that that's not by accident that, you know, you're very optimistic and you um, upbeat and you share, um, you know, you're having a good day. People can feel that, you know, and it just helps everybody around you. They can sense that. And I don't think that's by accident. No, but thank you, thank you so much on that one. I- you know, but you are uh, you are just like me. To if and not, uh, I don't mean to be uh, harmful. I don't mean look like me, but you just like me. <laughs> you uh, you are that person that actually you have a good heart, and you know when you have a good heart, God likes to use that good heart. And you know, some like you said, somebody needs some help. Someone needs to listen to someone. Everybody doesn't have anyone to listen to. Someone to Absolutely. talk to. Them. Absolutely. You yeah. know, if just to listen to yours and my conversation could make them feel better because they 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 need somebody. Yeah, they the they goal. do. I understand that, and I, I need somebody every now and then. Right. Uh, and you know, <laughs> we. I I just hope I have no problems. I talk to any and everybody. I have a very good friend of mine now, who uh, she. They thought she had cancer. They thought, and she went ballistic. And I, I talked to her. She just cried, cried, mm-hmm. and she cried. And I said, uh, "I said I'm, I love you so much. I'm gonna hang up on you." And she called me back. She said, "Why you hang up on me?" I said, "Because you see, you're crying. And after you finish crying, after you realize that." There's nothing else you can do. You you go on and get them tears out of the way. Let's move mm-hmm. forward. What are, what are we gonna do after that? <laughs> it's time to fight. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Mr. Gilbert, I I thought I was gonna end this, this podcast about ten minutes ago, but that didn't happen. <laughs> but I'm running out of time for real. So uh again, any last words? No ma'am, that's it. I greatly appreciate okay. it. I have absolutely enjoyed this conversation um you've been through more than most but it is your optimism through it all that truly captivated my attention and again i believe that my listeners will be encouraged and inspired by your testimony as well i want to thank you for your time and for sharing your sharing with us today because you are indeed a blessing so i want to encourage you to continue to just um stay optimistic and keep the faith and um I'm, I'm praying for you. Thank you so much, darling. I appreciate it. And I'm praying for you, too. Amen. I appreciate that as well. 
Well, this concludes our show for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to like, follow, and subscribe, and stay tuned for another inspirational interview. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with a life-altering health condition and is in need of mental, emotional, and spiritual support, please visit ljgm.org to find out more about the Lerona Johnson Ministry Support Group, Miracles in Motion. The support you need is just a click or call away. We have an amazing team waiting to support you. Until the next time, be encouraged and never stop believing and just know that you are not alone.